This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's 4 o'clock on the number one sports talk show for your drive home. I mean, you know how it is, rocking and rolling and whatnot. This is Dukes and Bell. Brought to you by Finley Roofing. We've got you covered. Atlanta's most trusted and recommended roofer. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Mike, I was just looking at a, uh, a video of our boy Hugh Douglas. He's up in Philly. Mm-hmm. And uh, the video is a re-up video for Tasty Cakes because oh. they have the Tasty Cakes studios. Man, is that something. What a spread they've got there. And uh, the dude who's just loading up, they've got this whole area where it's just nothing but Tasty Cakes. And, and I'm just I'm sitting here, and I just hit him back. I said, this is some old BS. But uh, what is up with our studio? Like, can't we get something like that here? I'm just asking. Ash, hello. Can, like, I'm looking at this. I mean, look at the selection of Tasty Cakes they have. Yeah, I mean, they it's. They take requests, too, now, he said. They take requests. Oh, this is unbelievable. It, it's, a, it's like a, it's a palace of Tasty Cakes. They, they, they built out this whole, like, Tasty Cake display wall. You know, it's our sister station, IP in Philly. And, well, we, we did get, we have a commissary now, if you will. We, well, we do. We do have we do. food options, but it's not free on-demand tasty cakes. No, not at all. I mean, like which up here, I would really be for. So, so what would be the perfect studio compliment for us outside, oh. where they could build something like this for us? What What would you want out there? Prime rib carving station. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, endless see, beef and cheddar bar. I, I mean, seriously, like, what would be the perfect situation for us Arby's. to just be able to walk in? Arby's, Arby's sandwiches under a grab heat, and go heat lamp. Yeah, grab and go. Almost like those, uh, like the Taco Bell ads uh, with Devonte Adams. Where the guy's living in his house. That's great. You know, that makes me chuckle. But yeah, man, I, I just, that would be great. Yeah, I mean, tasty cakes, whatever you want them. Some I mean, at this point, I'd be happy to get a ring ding or a ho-ho. I agree. Give me a ho-ho. Can I get one? But this thing is like, I'm looking at it. It's it's le- literally like nine shelves yeah. deep. Okay? It's, it's like Willy Wonka land. It's, it really is. It's amazing what they've got up there. And I hope someday we have something just similar. <laughs> All right, with that said, what's the latest on the Falcons, guys? If you're just joining us, here's what we know as of right now. And, again, fluid situation. Um, all of this stuff could change. It could be different by tomorrow. Harbaugh, Mike, let's start there. He was scheduled to meet today. He apparently is going to meet tomorrow with the Falcons. Right. The deal we thought might get done uh, with the Chargers did not get done. But as we started the show today, I said this to you. You kind of believe this might be leverage? Well, I mean, it wouldn't be the first time. And I know that, you know, Bill Parcells, the tuna, used us for leverage to get more money out of Wayne Heisinger back in uh, 2009 or 10. But look, guys, 
back that up. It just it could be anybody. If Harbaugh's got uh, if he's this close, fingers this close apart to the Chargers, and he can use us to get more of what he wants, so be it. But here's the thing, guys. Maybe we could be the hammer, not the nail, in this deal, and give Harbaugh what he's looking for, and and do and hire somebody that would be so completely out of the box for this franchise, for this town. And I'd love it, man. I just think I think it'd be bananas. Especially who else you want developing a young quarterback? Sure. We, we got a good run game. He likes to run the rock. We got a decent defense. You know, I think if he's going to bring somebody off the Michael McDonald, Mike McDonald, you know, I keep forgetting he's the Ravens DC. <laughs> but you know that dude. Get somebody from you know, either from Michigan who runs that defense. Hell yes. I, yes. I, yeah. I, but let's we got to spend the loot. That's the thing. We, we got to spend the loot. Uh, Raheem Morris had his second interview Tuesday. Uh, Evero, the Panthers DC, had right. his second interview in person. The reason why that's important only because again you have to fit certain criteria, and the Falcons are now Rooney compliant, which means they've interviewed two candidates in person. Mike, if they wanted to make a hire right now, they could, but it's not going to happen. No, because I think the guys they still want to talk to are playing. Some of them are playing this weekend, and then you can't do anything until next week. So we're just uh, kind of in this wait and see unless somebody blows them away like Mike Vrabel. Yeah, Vrabel. Now, the story today, our buddy Michael Rothstein says that uh, after Vrabel meets uh, with Falcons owner Arthur Blank at his home, he will fly to Carolina where he'll meet with Tepper. So he's going to well, be. That'll in, be interesting. So Vrabel's going to be in Buckhead with Arthur Blank, and, uh, and then eventually he flies over. I guess you go to Tepper's place. He goes, Tepper goes, uh, Mike, let me show you some of my artwork. This is me riding a unicorn. <laughs> Doesn't Tepper strike you as a guy who'd have like a right. giant oil painting? Uh, you know, as like, you walk in. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. This is me riding a Minotaur. Uh, this is me riding a Griffin. <laughs> there was a lot of you riding. But yeah. Uh, That's not real, sir. <laughs> so, but Arthur Blank's going to talk to Vrabel. And it just, he's kind of been sort of in the back of some people's minds. I know that. If he, if he liked what Arthur Smith did, that would be a bit of a hard sell because he'd do something similar with his OC hire here, perhaps. Maybe. Just, I don't know, spitballing. Now, tomorrow, Texans OC Bobby Slowick is also going to have his second interview. Dark horse. Yep. But don't sleep on him. Um, there are certain guys in this pool that they like more than others, and some of that is most of it's not public knowledge. But the fact of the matter is, Mike, you're not getting second interviews just because. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, you're going to go from this – to hopefully your final four or six, whatever it might be. Remember, we've interviewed 14 guys. Right. Uh, I think it's 16 maybe at this point. Either way, you're going to get down to your four, your 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 you know, your two, whatever it's going to be, and then you're going to make a decision uh, if it hasn't already been made as the direction that they want to go. Now, Mike and I were talking about this, and I know we're, we're telling you the latest on this. It's Dukes and Bella Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This hour is brought to you by Mark Spain Real Estate. If you're still saying, Dukes and Bell, what about Belichick? There's nothing to report. They did the interviews. It's out there. Right. It's, it's just sitting there. I think this is what they need to do, and this is what they have to do to continue to move this process forward, Mike, and make sure that you're covering all your bases. But um, the, the other news today, and there's a lot of coordinators that are out there, uh, the Dolphins and Vic Fangio mutually agree to part ways. So Vic Fangio, Mike, well-respected D.C., He'll be working somewhere else. Mm-hmm. All these guys, are these rotating jobs when we talk about O.C. and D.C., Figure out the head coach, and then you can figure out where you want to go with the OC and DC uh, defensive coordinator situation. But this is why, and this gets back to why the Falcons didn't retain the services of Ryan Nielsen, Mike. Right. They allowed him to go interview. He got another job in Jacksonville. Vic Fangio will end up somewhere else. 
Uh, Wink Martindale, very good DC with the Giants, will end up somewhere else. All this, all this stuff will figure itself out. But we got to get the head coach first, right? And I know that uh, for me, if you look at the the mock drafts, I, I still think you got to. I know we're all impatient. I'm number one impatient dude out there. You got to wait till the combine plays itself out. For instance, there's some mock drafts where Penix falls out of the first round. There's some mock drafts where Panics goes 11th. It's crazy. So, and there's some mock drafts where even we would take Panics. So, uh, that's one of those guys. That guy's saying he's definitely going to fall. Well, if he, that's one of those things. If he did, you got wiggle room. But there's guys that I want. Jaden Daniels. There's mock drafts where the Patriots take Jaden Daniels. You seen that? So then you're talking about Bo Nix. Bo Nix has been linked to the Denver Broncos, amongst other things. If Russell uh, skedaddles, so I just don't know where we're going to get the quarterback just yet. If you get a veteran uh, coach, that's one thing that we spoke earlier with Josh Kendall from The Athletic. Belichick most likely would say, hey, let's just give you know, Arthur Blank. Why don't we go give $50 million a year to Kirk Cousins? Load it up in the form of a signing bonus, and yeah, you'll be screwed for the cap if we don't win the Super Bowl. <laughs> but, but how many Falcon fans would take two or three years? Well, we've had, we just guys, we just had six years of this. That's the one thing for the Belichick argument. I don't know. You think Harbaugh feels the same way about Cousins? I don't know. I'd, I don't I'd, know. Love, I'd love to know this. See, that's, like, I, that's what but makes you it so. We don't, don't have that's... all the pieces of the puzzle on how these conversations are playing but out. That's, but that's not a reclamation project. I mean, no. Cousins is a guy that's going to come in. Plug regard, and go. Yeah, regardless of the coach, he knows how to play. What's the offense? What are we trying to do? And just let him do what he's done. He's been very efficient and good. So, I, yeah, I don't know if he feels that same way, but mm. it's a great, great point. Hey, it's Dukes and Bell. Let's talk some dogs. Dukes and Bell on the sidelines with the dogs. Just one thing as we talk about where the dogs are. Offseason started for them. Mike, the thing that may separate the dogs from everybody else, maybe only Ohio State, okay? Because what they've been able to do in the portal and et cetera this offseason has been incredible. But retention of your quarterback, right? The fact that you have consistency, unlike Alabama with coaching changes and turnovers, okay? And... I think, Mike, the thing is with Kirby Smart, you just feel like he's got this in a place where you know they're going to be right back in this. And I'm not telling you they're going to win it. The schedule's hard. Mike and I have Mm -hmm. talked about it. We've got all offseason to discuss all these things and what this offense is going to look like. I think it'll be better with uh, with Carson Beck back. But when you say, hey, what puts Georgia on top of some of these other programs, specifically in the SEC – Retention of your quarterback. Alabama's not been able to retain a lot of the guys. The the coaching changes at some of these schools. We've seen it specifically Alabama. If you think that's a team you got to get through to to win the SEC championship, and then more importantly, Mike, just the stability. And I think that is a big deal when you talk about who's going to really have a shot to win this thing next year. It's not about talent. Georgia's got the talent. It's right. the other things, these other intangibles we're talking about. And Ohio State, by the way, we said it. If Oof. not now, for Ryan Day, win. I think that uh, the, the way that fans looked at, at the Georgia Bulldogs, and, and maybe there was a surprise, the first national championship after losing the SEC and then coming back and beating Alabama up in Indy. But then, of course, the next year, it was, hey, championship, we got this. Championship yeah. or bust. I think that's the way Ohio State fans are going to feel. And look, th- there's never going to be more pressure on Ryan Day than right now to win it, especially if Harbaugh leaves, because you got to feel there'll be some some degree of step. But not to mention the NCAA might may hit Michigan with something. Who knows? Yeah, it's true. I don't mean, think they're going to get it in time for the next season the way they operate. But yeah, if not now, when for Ohio State? How is Sarkeesian going to make the transition to the SEC? He's familiar with it. Worked with Bama and Saban. You know, is maybe Lane Kiffin's got something at all Miss? Nobody's talking about it. The SEC is so top to bottom loaded, more loaded even than with the Big Ten adding those Pac-12 teams. I, I don't disagree. Um, Dan Lanning, as good as he is, we're about to see. Are you going to be able to go to, and I haven't looked at the schedule, but Penn State or Wisconsin, Mike, and right. win those games. It, it, this regional thing, the travel that's involved now, right. all right, 
is going to be another challenge. Nobody's going to say it because the money that's involved. But, you know, them going to Rutgers. That, Mike, you're leaving on Wednesday. You right. know what I mean? I mean, and, like, like there, there is an element there where you're, you're, you're going to have to challenge your kids to, to handle this travel, and then everybody's got to behave. Because now you're not on the road for one day. You're on the road for three or four days. I did a lot of college basketball. That's the kind of road trip that college basketball teams take when they're playing two or three road games, and you're on the road for a week, Mike, and all of a sudden now, you know, kids are a little antsy. We want to go out. We want to go party. It's a different element than one day. The one good news for this is you know, how many people put your hand up if you ever sat through a Big Ten championship game? Exactly. Watching somebody like Wisconsin or Iowa or, yeah, now the good news is, you know, we, you presume the way the format's going to play out, you're going to see if, if USC does it. Here's the thing. Is USC going to play some defense? Oregon couldn't beat Washington. Maybe Washington, Washington everyone kind of feels is going to take a transitional period, stepping back with, with Fish as the new head coach because DeBoer's in Bama. But the idea is still, if, uh, if Oregon can do some of those things, handle the power of the Big Ten, because let's be honest, Carl, a little finesse. I know Landon preaches physical toughness and all that, but they still can't handle Washington. So, it's look, bottom line, it's Ohio State's. It's Ohio State's to lose. I agree. Coming up. And the good news is if you're Georgia with his monster of a schedule, I think we all agree you'll have a couple of potential two-loss teams from the SEC in this 12-team playoff. What does Grant McCauley think about Andrew Jones not getting in the Hall of Fame? We're going to talk with Grant from the Diamond as we get ready to gear up for spring training, believe it or not, in just a few weeks. But the Hall of Fame and what went down yesterday – our guy got left out. We'll, we'll talk to Grant coming up next. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Let's talk to Grant McCauley been a minute but he's right around the corner when it comes to baseball and uh, catching up with us every day and talking our, about our Braves we want to talk about what went down yesterday and Grant thank you so much from the diamond by the way check him out uh, on the podcast as well tell us why you think first of all why Andrew Jones make the case okay for those who debated this why he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame I think it boils down to the Hall of Fame's, I think, responsibility to really, I think, canonize the generations of great baseball players that have played over the, what, century and a half of this game. And while I think that a lot of times the Hall of Fame can get it right, and while I may be accused of being a quote-unquote bigger Hall guy than a small Hall guy, Mm -hmm. 
I think that there are Hall of Famers in all shapes and sizes. To say that, well, Andrew Jones didn't have the career or impact of Willie Mays or Babe Ruth or Ted Williams is selling him woefully short of what and who he was and what he brought to the game and where he excelled. And I think that it's a disservice to a lot of the modern players, particularly ones who started their career in the last 75 or so years, to judge them by some of the all-time greats of the game that were you to put them into today's game, or even 30 years ago when Andrew Jones was playing, might not have had quite the same career given what the competition is. So to put all of that as kind of the background of this and just tell you that if you hit 400 home runs and win 10 gold gloves, excel to a level defensively that no outfielder in the history of the game has, to me, you are a Hall of Famer. If there is a place for Ozzie Smith who set the bar defensively but did not come close to Andrew offensively, I think if that's what we're doing here, doing some comparison shopping, there's a lot more reasons why Andrew Jones should be in the Hall of Fame than reasons why he shouldn't. I know that uh, the Veterans Committee kind of lowers the bar, and that's different than this. This is the writers, and later on maybe the Veterans Committee will put Andrew in there, but the problem is he'll be at Cooperstown, he'll be gray. If Andrew ever gets gray, he'll be gray then, but I mean, it's, <laughs> that's, that's the beef. You know, I, I don't know, and you, you do so well with the numbers, Grant, and I, I, get, you know, I go to extremes with the Colorado stuff, and I know that Larry mm-hmm. Walker drove me crazy. Todd Helton, I looked up his postseason average, nothing, nothing special. He had like 211 in the postseason, but 20, it seems like 2,500 hits. If Andrew had gotten over 2,000, I know he comes up a little shy in that category. Home runs, he was you know, over 400 and so much. Mm-hmm. But is, if, Andrew had 200, if Andrew had 2,100 hits, would Andrew be in the Hall of Fame? I don't know if that necessarily changes it very much, but I can certainly say that there is a – I don't know if recency bias is quite the right word, but there is a look at the tail end of Andrew Jones' career that somehow seems to overshadow the decade of, I would say, dominance that he had as a great center fielder on a great team, hitting a lot of home runs and winning a lot of awards for his defensive prowess. So I don't want to take away from Todd Helton or Larry Walker, who I have no problem with him being in the Hall of Fame. If Major League Baseball wants to put a team in Denver – then you can't say, okay, well, unfortunately, their environment's different, so they can't be in the Hall of Fame. That would just seem, to me, like a silly criteria. Postseason is part of it, but it shouldn't be all of it. I know that's kind of a knock against Billy Wagner for some people, but when you stack Wagner up against the all-time great closers, it's hard to make a case for too many other guys, or if there is a list, he is very well on the top ten, if not top five. But kind of getting back to Andrew and some of these committees and the fact that he does have three years left in the voting and could make up the 13.5 or so percent that he needs over those next three years, I think that he could get into the Hall of Fame inside this 10 years of eligibility. And it's kind of amazing to see him go from just under 8% his first two full years on the ballot to pushing up over 60% this time. So he is gaining steam, even though he hasn't played a single game over these six years. But I think that people are starting to really look inside of these numbers and beyond some of the traditional to really determine some player value. And I wrote a lot about that on my most recent post on FromTheDiamond.com. And just as a follow-up, Grant, that's the thing that drives me crazy about the Oscars and the Hall of Fame. What was important five years ago now doesn't matter. I mean, by the (laughs) metrics that the Hall of Fame is using now, Bruce Suter and Raleigh Fingers wouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I don't I think it actually strengthens the case for somebody like Suter, who took a long time himself to get in. But then again, you know, closers, and this is probably a whole other nuanced discussion right. that we don't want to spend all of our time on. <laughs> but a lot of people look at closers and say they just didn't throw enough innings overall. They didn't impact the game enough. They don't belong in the Hall of Fame at all. There are people that feel and think that way. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, I, I would say there's no wrong way to, to feel about it or vote about it. But we all know that's not true. So. It's just trying to figure out the best way to show the value that a player had to his team over the course of his career and decide if he belongs in the top 1% 
of baseball players ever to play this game. And with nearly 25,000, I believe now, in the history of the game and only about 270 players in the Hall of Fame, I think it's done a pretty good job of filtering over the years. And if there was another four or five or six players that joined year over year, it would take an awfully long time to get it outside of the top 1%. I really feel like this has become a kind of an exercise in frustration, the voting process. Hmm. And I think that's probably what you're saying. We're talking with Grant McCauley. Uh, what about Todd Helton? I mean, you know, I said for 10 years he was the best player um, that I saw in Colorado for mm-hmm. a decade. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know how people view him. And, and mm-hmm. I think he was a great player and certainly the face of that franchise. Adrian Beltre is a different, different animal. But what about Helton? I think Helton, I mean, clearly being the first homegrown Colorado Rockies hitter and player to go into the Hall of Fame, that's meaningful for that franchise. And he had a really great career. Now, while a lot of players, I feel like, you know, that you could look at, especially in the early to mid-90s when we started determining that, hey, Colorado is kind of a great place for hitters. You might want to go there if you want to really inflate your numbers. But Todd Helton was a pretty good hitter on the road as well. He didn't fall off a cliff. And the one thing I've talked about with a lot of players that were in Colorado – and, and, you know, not just, hey, it's great hitting at home, but how difficult it is to go from playing at altitude to readjusting to the other 81 games that you got to play and going back and forth and back and, back and forth. And he did it so well mm. for such a long period of time, a very solid first baseman, you know, a, a great player for their franchise. I feel like it was a deserving honor. Now, with splitting the hairs of are there other players on this ballot that deserved it too? Absolutely. But I wouldn't say that they deserved it and Todd Helton didn't deserve it, if that makes sense. If Joe Maurer is in, should Don Mattingly be in? If Don Mattingly was a catcher, he'd already be in. But then mm-hmm. I guess we could get back and say if if Joe Maurer's in, should Thurman Munson be in? That's kind of right. where I get with, with some of this. But, yeah, there's a lot of either or. And I'm uh, one of those players – or one of those – I'm not a player at all. <laughs> one of those people <laughs> that feels that a lot of players of the 70s, 80s, and early 90s are completely overlooked from what I would consider like that golden era of baseball players from the 50s and 60s to where we are now trying to get some of the contemporaries of the game from the last, you know, 15 or 20 years that have retired more recently in, there's a huge hole in, in the Hall of Fame's overall roster of players that are just not appreciated throughout the 70s and 80s. And just whether it's Lou Whitaker or Dick Allen or just you pick a number of different guys, they're just not getting, I feel like, the attention that they should and their cases are not being measured a lot of times in the way that they should be. Grant McCauley's with this guy's best baseball man in town before you know it. Pitchers and catchers and Grant will report to Northport, yes. Carl. He's here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Just real quick, just back to Andrew, with the new metrics and everything, the new acronyms which have been in place now for a while, mm-hmm. wouldn't you, I mean, the wins above replacement, how many darn runs did he save you in, the, in center field being that great defensive outfielder? He is the best defensive outfielder by defensive run saved in baseball history at 24.4. He is five and a half, I believe, ahead of Willie Mays. And that should tell you something right there. And there's his stories, whether Dave O'Brien of The Athletic wrote one last year when Andrew got his number retired, talking to Terry Pendleton, who said he was around the batting cage and heard Willie Mays come up to Andrew and say, hey, you are the best to ever do it. I think that's a pretty steep wow. compliment to be coming from a guy like Willie Mays, who we don't have to argue about if he should be in the Hall of Fame or not. Really, we're questioning, is this the greatest baseball player of all time? If that's his opinion, I think that means something, too, if you want to throw that on there. But defensively speaking, Andrew Jones has no peer among outfielders. And I went back and looked at this. Defensive runs saved by all position players in the history of baseball in the top 50. Andrew's the only outfielder. Grant, great stuff, man. Uh, any news as far as the Braves are concerned that we should be uh, thinking about before we head to spring training? 
Well, I think fans are going to look forward to Fan Fest this weekend at Truist Park. A lot of, of time to be spent there, maybe getting some autographs and enjoying being around the team. But next thing you know, we will be reporting to spring training from the Diamond. We'll be back right here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. It's a pretty great time of year now that we're not having lows in the teens here, which was <laughs> a bit much for me. If, if And I'm sure for a lot of other people, that's why I live in Georgia, to not have to yeah. deal with that. No, right. I'm with you. Totally. Well, this is one of those, next time we have a beer, we can argue more about this. I, I, I could do 10 minutes on how much I love Gary Sheffield, and he's, I guess he falls sure. under the steroid cloud, I suppose, right? Sure, and, and I would love to sit down and have that beer and have that discussion with you guys anytime. Graham McCauley, thank you so much. From the Diamond, check him out. Follow him on social media, guys, and uh, we'll be doing our dailies with Grant uh, as we get into the brave season. We just want to discuss what happened yesterday because mm. it was criminal. Thank you so much, Grant. Look forward to it, guys. Thanks. Yeah, and by the way, no debate, and Grant would agree about Adrian Beltre. His record speaks for itself. That Hands guy down. was money. What do we yeah. got coming up in Guy Talk, Mike? All right, we've seen so many weird things now the last five or six years on airplanes. You know, whether it's people just showing their butt being idiots. The latest, a guy kicked off a plane for not stopping, farting. What? He just wouldn't stop passing gas and talking about it to the other passengers. Wow. And on a lighter note, who is the Karen in Beverly Hills who's ruined it for everybody, complaining about Britney Spears going topless at the hotel pool? Coming up next. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. A left 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like. We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through. You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame. Two more two more. You deserve this ice cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. That's where an agent who is a realtor comes in to navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. It's time for fun. <laughs> it's time for guy talk. Yes! <laughs> it's time for shenanigans. Yeah! Yeah! Brought to you by Hooters. If the game is on, it's on at Hooters. Any conference, all season long. You got that right, buddy, on a rainy, kind of foggy day here in Atlanta. Ah, what is it? Here's your Dukes and Bell AccuWeather. 100% chance of bleh right now in Midtown. Uh, I saw the story this morning. I said, I just, how many, I, I must have given in Guide Talk now the last four or five years, like probably, what, five dozen, hundred of these stories of just people losing their, on airplanes? It's silly. I mean, I know it's kind of a, well, it's a commentary on society as a whole, Carl. We're all going to hell in a handbasket. But common sense, common courtesy, common decency. Here's the latest one, but none of the none of those things happened here. Uh, it's an American Airlines flight, all right, and it's from uh, Phoenix to Austin. So not that long a flight, not too bad a hop. No, right? No, about just under what hour and a half, hour forty five at least. Yeah, American Minimum. Airlines plane reportedly forced to return to the gate due to a high wind in somebody's pants. Oh, <laughs> come on! 
Come on. A, quote, disgruntled passenger, smelly, yeah, farts. The big stink over the flatulent flyer unfolded. The flatulent flyer? It's from the New York Post. I wish, I wish that, you know... I know that the AJC has standards. The standards are it's boring, but I wish they could put these kind of stories, you know, in a tabloid form that we could all enjoy. That's why the New York Post sells so many copies. It's people like me that love these stupid stories. Flatulent flyer. Good. That's a great alliteration, right? It's a great alliteration. All right, a dude. He got put it on Reddit, and then other people. Other. It's a big. Well, where do you hear what this guy did? It could be apropos. There might be real audio. Uh, once the dude posted on Reddit, other people on the flight then jumped on board and they seconded what happened. Before most people had boarded, I observed that this man was audibly disgruntled about something. Maybe hungover, rough day, maybe he had too many drinks at the airport bar, which is generally the commonality for all of these incidents. Sure. But as soon as he sat down, he was grumbling about something under his breath, like blanking hell or something. This guy, uh, the user is, goes by Lamb Galatax, whatever his name is on, on Reddit. <laughs> Sounds like a superhero. <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah, but, you know, that's the kind of guy that probably has the Green Lantern on his truck. <laughs> that's a friend of ours actually has that. When I'm he making does, that he up. does. Galatrax. Anyway, uh, the majority of the passengers had boarded, and the man reportedly exclaims to no one in particular, you thought that was rude? Well, how about this smell? And then, <laughs> no, he did not. Yeah. Wow, he's got different yeah. smells? Nobody knows what provoked the comment or whatever, but this guy apparently had gas and wanted to share it with everyone. It's disgusting. On the plane. Come on. The man who There's was, a time and place for it. He was purposely farting, uh, and then again goes, yeah, everybody, let's just eat the smelliest food possible at the same time. Ah. <laughs> Would you stop, Or <laughs> The guy in the row over replied, maybe you should have uh, you know, not gotten on the plane. And that's when he goes, if you don't like it, you can fly private. <laughs> Again? He did. No. Then another person chimes in. <laughs> I think we'd all agree, you're the rude one here, the witness added. At one point, the flight attendants intervened and told the transgressor, that's enough. The plane was taxiing to the runway. <laughs> that's enough. That's enough. It's just a match. Luckily, the plane didn't blow up. Uh, an announcement comes over saying, uh, apologies for the interruption. So we're going to return to the gate. We'll give you more information, but we have it. So basically, they took this jackass off the plane. It'll be hot, Mike. Flight attendant comes back and informs Fart Man that he's got a scram. Oh. He simply replies in a drunken voice, I don't understand. And he says, well, we'll talk about it once we get you on the jetway. Guy grabs his bag, got off the plane, uh, and people were all like of clapping course. and cheering. So, I mean, geez, I mean, you got to be kidding me. So the guy's obviously, number one, he's belligerently drunk. He obviously had some Mexican, or maybe he went to Popeye's. And this guy says, but I mean, seriously, dude, well, come different on. things do different things know, for right? folks. Stomachs. I mean, you know, <laughs> creates that, you know, <laughs> that, that, that noise. That perfect atmosphere. But, I mean, that's why, and I know we say this every time we have these stories, oh. which is a lot, but every time, like the last time you and I, we flew to Boston. It's a late night flight from it was, Atlanta. And it was. you and I are looking around. Who were the guys that had 20? Oh, that was us, but we were cool. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we handle our stuff. That's when we had that crazy woman that was going through the breakup, showing us pictures of the of the girl that the guy yes that was, was that, is that was dating. before we got on the plane right at PF Chang's. That's right. Shout yeah. out to our crew at PF Chang's, by the way. Yeah, I forgot about that. But but, but you always look around. Like, who's going to be the guy that's going to make you divert? As I say, to Amarillo, which is where you don't want to be. <laughs> All right, from the flatulence guys. How does this guy keep just going like that? Well. I they didn't say if he's a fatso or, I mean, all I mean, seriously, all even if you yeah. wanted to, you, right. you don't have that much gas in you. Well, some guys more than others. I mean, you know, I mean, let's be honest. 
We're not exactly the fittest country in the world, and if they're flying, that's you getting a cross section of tubby. Oh, even if you yeah. wanted to, though, it's right. just that's a lot of. Mm. All right. Yeah. I will say this with this diet that my wife got me on, there was an adjustment period, but I did. I have the common courtesy to walk out of the studio. Yeah. Pollock used to fart in the studio. It was miserable. Oh, that's terrible. He, he would know. fart in elevators oh. and then get off the elevator before the door closed. That's brutal. Yeah. He would brutal. hotbox everybody. Because Pollock ate nothing but like, you know, healthy foods, and we all had to suffer for it. So, sorry, Dave, if you're out there in Athens listening. Um, from those uh, skies that are clouded with, uh, with farts to World War II, have you seen the, uh, the ads? The ads are out there. Masters of the Air. This is the latest from Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks. Me and Carl, are, we are huge World War II and history nuts. Love Band of Brothers. Pacific was unbelievable. So, basically, yeah. the same producers of that are giving you this. It's going to be on Apple TV, and basically, it's about the air war. The bombers and the fighter planes. I love it. I'll probably watch it at right. some point because, uh, to your point, to your to your point earlier, it's it's in my wheelhouse. I love that stuff. Right. Um, and just reading about it, and and the, there's so many different stories. But you said to me that there's how realistic is it? Well, because you don't have enough of these planes out there are still flying to be able to fly. It's a lot of CGI. Okay. Remember Memphis Bell? They had, they had, back then it was terrible CGI, but they're going to do some of that. Austin Butler's in it, the dude who played Elvis. Okay. And uh, I just heard a commercial for it during the commercial break. I was joking around with Oren. I said, man, is this guy going to do the Elvis voice in every movie now? It's like, let's get up there and knock him down, boys. <laughs> Wait a minute, that was the last character. Yeah, but, <laughs> we, just, we just heard that commercial. That was the last character player. Yeah, everything he does is, uh, we're going to shoot those planes down. Yeah, like just <laughs> bad Elvis voice. <laughs> Seriously, so I can't wait to see this movie because he's flying, I guess, the B-29. We got a message me at 2 o'clock. <laughs> he's coming in mighty hot. Pumper full of lead, boys. All right, so check that out. It's uh, debuting now. It's it's multi, just like the uh, Pacific and Band of Brothers, uh, multi-parts. And some of the best directors in Hollywood are involved in this. So uh, it's getting, they said, really good reviews. Some of the dialogue is clunky, almost as if it was made in the 40s. So, All right. Like a John Wayne movie. Okay. Well, listen, I, like I said, I'll probably check it out. It's it's factual, yeah. though, historically. Correct. Okay. Now, again, I, I got to walk that back because there's still a lot of guys out there listening get upset when I say like a John Wayne movie. But you know what I mean, Carl. Of course. Yeah. All right, men, we're going to go invade China. Come on, Mongols. He actually played Genghis Khan. Which is you terrible. know the drill. Which is all right, All right, cavalry, the Apache are coming. Let's circle the wagons. And then later on, it's like, all right, man, here come the VC. Get your machine guns ready. Same, same dude. Same thing. I'm same sorry, dude. John. I know this upsets some people, but John Wayne was, was the same guy. That's the same guy. I used to aggravate my dad about this, and he'd say, you better take that back. You're living under my roof. You better not say anything about John Wayne. <laughs> Speaking of uh, movies and uh, cinema, uh, I think you and I, we may have seen more movies than the average Joe because we got more free time. We work five hours a day. but Well, you work a lot more than that. You're doing Hawks and stuff. But uh, we did see Oppenheimer. Um, I did just see Maestro. Uh, the movies that are not, not mm-hmm. nominations came out yesterday. Mm-hmm. They dropped. Um, Poor Things looks really clever. I'm, I'm trying to make an effort to see that one. That looks good. But the one that I'm getting a lot of people are telling me is really amazing uh, is the... The one that uh, that Jeffrey Wright is in, about the author writes a book and it's kind of he basically kind of writes he was is a really well read author and he starts doing derivative stuff to make money. Best movie I saw all year and I've seen Oppenheimer. American fiction. And yeah. if, uh, best movie was The Holdovers. Mm. If you haven't seen Paul it, Paul Giamatti kills it. Right. Best movie uh, and he should win in my opinion. Best actor. It's great. So uh, I've seen five of the movies that have been nominated. Um, you know, Oppenheimer and Barbie weekend. Remember, that came right. out the same weekend. <laughs> right. And so that was such a big deal. But, uh, 
Yeah, man, that's the best one I've seen so far. Right, and there's, and again, not like the old days where there'd be like five or six movies. Now there's like a gazillion out there, but uh, we'll see what happens. I'm not, you know me. I'll, I'll read about it the next day. Jimmy Kimmel's going to host the Oscars this year. Um, it's starting early this year. They're yes. trying to they're trying to get get it done. Right, you which know, is they, great. They try to play off, you know, with all due respect, the animated shorts and all the other foreign. Let's just keep get that and put that online. Yeah. Just do the big stuff and knock it out in two hours. Yeah, they could right? do that. Yeah. You could if you wanted to. Hey, man, who is the Karen who ruined this for everyone? Talking about your chance. Well, not that you and I could afford to spend a couple of nights at the Four Seasons in L.A., but if you did and you hopped by the pool, there was a good chance the last few months you'd see Britney Spears with her boobies hanging out. Okay. Well, maybe I can't afford it. Three sources exclusively confirmed uh, to the L.A. Times that uh, the staff at the Westlake Village Resort, you know, part of uh, L.A., greater Los Angeles, have been uh, dealing with uh, Brittany acting cuckoo the last year or so. Uh, she's been a longtime guest at the five-star family-friendly hotel. So it's not like when you're at Caesars and they have, like, the top the of the private, area. The private area. Exactly. Uh, she's been a longtime guest, and it's just minutes from her house that she's got there in L.A. So she's previously, you know, shown a lot of photos of her naked. Remember that video she did where she got the knives and stuff, and you're, you're worried the poor dogs are going to get hit? Remember we talked about that? Oh, yeah. Crazy. Well, she's losing her stuff. I mean, that's why maybe the dad needed to be the guardian. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but either way... She was letting those puppies fly, and then somebody complained. So she was banned, then unbanned. Now she's banned. She can't be at the Four Seasons in L.A. Leave Brittany alone! <laughs> banned at the Four Seasons! Yeah. So some guests have complained about her going topless by the pool. Who? Who? Yeah, who was that Say guy? It. Who? Who was that guy? Who was that guy? I want to know. Yeah, it's got to be. You know it's a woman. No guy's going to complain about Britney's baby. And your kids... You know, if you, if, if, here's the thing. If you're rich enough to be spending the night at the Four Seasons in L.A., you've probably had your kids to Europe, and they've probably seen boobies on a beach before anyway. I would, agree. I would agree with that. Who did it? <laughs> I want to know. Who, who, who turns in? Who turns in uh, I'm right. ashamed to be out here. Britney yeah. Spears. Is that Britney Spears? Yes. She's out here topless. My God. Some guests have complained about her going topless by the pool, making her feel uncomfortable. Uh, staff have talked about it throughout well, the while whole While we're talking time. about this, can I ask yeah. you a question? Yeah. And I, I really haven't sure. paid attention to this. Or maybe you know. Are they big? We're talking about Britney. I think they're just the right size. Okay, I, I don't know. Is it over? Is it overwhelming? No, no they're I, not. Like I think it's right where it needs to be. Okay, handful, gargantuan. My father said more than a mouthful's a waste, but your mileage may vary. <laughs> On that note, okay. we'll get out of trouble here and say that's it for guy talk. Don't forget, guys, Dukes and Bell. Hey, man, Ale. get some. Yeah, uh, Taylor. By the way, my wife uh, was on uh, a business trip. Uh, on the way to Augusta, she just loaded up. So we got our supply for the Super Bowl party. So you'll have to pay for yours. But hey, guys, get over there and get it. It's worth it, isn't it, Carl? It is worth it. It tastes delicious, and mm. our faces are on it. You right can't on. miss it. Hey, man, coming up, Falcon Report. Bijan Robinson had over 1,400 yards from scrimmage this season. He was just named to the all-rookie team. we got to talk about it. He wasn't the only one. They got a lot right in this draft, guys. Mm. We are really set up for success. We'll get into that in the latest on the coaching searches. Continue here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. clock at four. Donchich. 
The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.